Welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, a podcast and YouTube series hosted by real estate investor, author, and coach Brian O'Neill. Tune in each week as we interview business owners who have successfully planned and executed their W2 Prison Break. You'll hear their stories, learn about their challenges, and what ultimately pushed them over the edge and gave them the courage to break free. Most importantly, you'll discover they are not much different than you. Listen in each week as we give you useful insights and action items to start your W-2 prison break and get you on the path you were always meant to be on. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the W-2 prison break show. So glad that you're tuning in every week and helping to support our mission to inspire and educate 1 million people to quit their W-2 jobs, start the business of their dreams by the end of 2026. It is my belief, my firm belief, that all of us have the ability to start a business based on our passion, develop a business around what we love to do. We just don't necessarily know how to do that. That's what this show is about. And that's what we do when we bring on guests every week. And this week, I have one of my coaches, one of my first coaches, probably really my first coach that I actually hired to help move the needle in my life. This is the gentleman. His name is Zach Beach, and he got me started in real estate and creative financing. You know, I talk a lot about real estate on my various social mediums and this and this show because it has changed my life. But this was the guy who got me started. And we're going to talk a lot about how he was able to go from a bartender, we all have challenges in life, right? A bartender to a CEO, or he currently is now, and being a partner in multiple businesses. And you're going to hear some great insight here as to how he sets goals and priorities in his life and how he executes them and the importance of being in the right room. So I don't want to give too much of this away. And then we're also going to talk about an event that's coming up that I'm going to be at, event in March, a live event. That I would highly encourage you to come to, especially if real estate is something that you're passionate about. So without further ado, let's get right to the show. Zach, my friend, welcome to the show, man. Look forward to uh, chatting with you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is what it feels like to be on the W-2 prison break. I've been hearing about it. It's been going around our community. You've been having all my partners and peers on, but I'm happy to finally made it on. So thank you, Brian, for having me on. It's been a long time coming, and I can promise the audience one thing, that there will likely be an elevator joke or two peppered into this conversation, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to that. In all no, seriousness, 100%. It was one last night on our mastermind when I had mentioned the word elevate. All right, so Zach, we don't really know who you are. I, I've known you for a, a very long time. You've got a tremendous story. And the story is continuing, which is what I love. In the three years that I've known you, I've seen tremendous growth and development, but this didn't happen overnight. You went from a bartender to a CEO, and I'm just going to leave it that out. I want to know, how does that happen? Like, How do you go from bartender to the CEO and partner and owner in multiple businesses? Yeah, Brian, I think we even have to backpedal even further because mm -hmm. I don't even get to the bartender or the mindset to think about elevating from bartender to CEO unless we talk about the path in which I was on way before. Because when I was growing up, I had a single mom. My dad really wasn't around. So I was kind of a wild child per se. And I got into a lot of bad things. I developed a drug habit at a young age. 
which led me to a place in which when I was in my very early 20s, late teens, that felt as if it was like rock bottom, meaning my confidence was shot. My dad just passed away. I had massive anxiety attacks consistently. So then I was in a point where like I was in a very low spot when I was there in my early 20s. But during that time frame, during that like evolution of me going from kind of where I was stuck in that cycle to then elevating to a point where I ended up going to Christian College and looking for the next way to elevate, during that time frame is when I started to find out about personal development. Because until then, things happened purely based upon hard work and grinding. That was it. And I would say to this day, that's still a, a recipe in my formula, good, bad, or indifferent. But up until that point, I outworked people. And I honestly wasn't in the right mindset up until that point. It wasn't until I went through my drug issues. And then at that point in time, I need to rebuild myself. So I went back to the basics. I didn't really know much about personal development. So what I did was I knew about physical development, meaning I knew how to work on my body. And when you're at a point or a low point when you just dealt with dealing with drugs and you really have this uh, low confidence, it's extremely hard to elevate that self-confidence unless you have some fundamental things to work on. So I just started working on my body. I grew up in football, baseball, you know, sports. So I knew working out. And I knew that if I worked out enough that I would get to a point where I would start to get some confidence. Mm -hmm. But then during that time frame, instead of listening to music, I said, why don't I change this up? Because I heard that there was some good personal development out there because I had so much negative talk. I needed people to tell me good things. I just started listening to people like Bob Proctor on YouTube. I started like Les Brown, Tony Robbins, you name it. So instead of at the gym listening to music, I just started listening to those motivationals. And then that started really leading me down this personal development path, which started to elevate my perspective and what I believed was possible for me in this world. Because up until that point, I didn't really know that there was much out there besides, hey, I was just trying to figure out how to get to college and prove everyone wrong. But I didn't really see the elevation or where I wanted to actually be in life. Up until that point, there was no perspective. But then once I started reaching that point and started to see some success of rebuilding from where I came from, I realized, all right, now that's a story that I can hang my hat on. If I can go from where I was to where I was at that point with that small little bit of gap, I realized, hey, if I just keep working on this, it's going to keep building me up, which led me to a point where... This is where we kind of started the conversation, which is where I became a bartender because every person in their right mind that had a drug issue, as soon as they get out of college, would yeah. become a bartender. And that just goes back to my old paradigms. I just didn't know what else to do. I only went to college because somebody told me I couldn't go to college. That was it. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I got out of college. You know, I ended up graduating with like a, I honestly don't even know what the degree was. It was like a marketing degree and like a minor in finance. Tells you how much. I went and convinced this bar owner who ended up, I ended up realizing his family is connected to all the other bar owners. But I went and convinced this bar owner and told him that, hey, I'm going to be your marketing person. I'm going to help fund people into your door. I'm going to help get people in your door. Knowing farewell that I just wanted to bartend because I thought that would be fun being in Newport, Rhode Island. But once I got to that point, then I started elevating myself from bar back, which is, you know, you just handle all the basics on the back end to eventually bartender. And then I got to a certain point where like I was at the highest point I could be because I didn't have the last name of the owners. I was at the highest elevation point. I could be at like 24 years old. And at that point in time, that's when it caused me to say, all right, Zach, what's next? I'm okay. really curious. Again, I, there's always new layers to your story when you tell it. And I appreciate it. it. Sometimes it's hard to talk about stuff that's happened to us. I mean, you, you, know, you mentioned about your mom and your dad not being around. I have the same thing going on right now as well. 
what was it for you that, or maybe it wasn't one thing that made you decide that, hey, personal development is something that I need to work on versus what you had called, hey, I'm just going to grind out and beat everybody out. Was there a moment or something that you know you had epiphany where, hey, I really need to start making personal development a priority in my life and that's how I'm going to move the needle? I would say just like most other people's, it came out of necessity for change. I'm sure the people in the audience can probably feel this sometimes. And then it's like, you're just beating your head against a ceiling consistently. And then frustration builds and you're just like, there's got to be a better way. So up until that point, I didn't personally work on myself. I barely even started reading until I graduated college. And that was because I started to find this passion of, I wouldn't even say it was a passion of real estate. I started to find a passion of business. uh, And I just happened to be in real estate. It was more of like, all right, Zach, if I did some research, what does everyone else recommend I do if I were in a place where I'm stuck? So then what I did is I just started listening to people motivationally first because I just was like, I need motivation. I don't necessarily need development yet because I didn't even know what that meant. What I knew was I needed motivation in order to feel better about myself because I did not feel good about myself. So I just want other people to tell me, Hey, I went through some similar things that you did. Like if you hear like the Les Brown stories where they talk about he couldn't really read or write and he grew up in a very poor area in Miami, you start to just hear those stories. I'm like, oh, my story's not even that bad. So Zach, get your head out of your ass and start working towards the next layer. Like stop feeling bad for yourself and let's start making movements. And that's what that just started to do. And then eventually I just attached myself to one person and I just... For some reason, Bob Proctor, to me, he just reminded me of like an awesome grandfather that you'd walk into a, like a Christmas party and he'd be sitting in the corner and you go sit down next to him and he tells you all about his life and pours wisdom in you. So I just started really connecting with him and I followed that path for about three years. It's led me to reading some of his books and then that led me down to start looking at like Think and Grow Rich and then eventually moving on to some additional other people in that space as well, which then led me to this personal development journey. Is that something that you would recommend someone who, because you changed your downloads, right? You had negative inputs. You chose to put some positivity into your life, which again is free. This is, you know, a lot of people think that you have to immediately start hiring coaches and mentors, but you started with, hey, I'm just going to go on YouTube or listen to podcasts. The data that's coming in, I have control over. So instead of the negativity, it's the positivity. And I've heard a lot of successful people say, and you're no different, is like, hey, once you find one person, like consume all of their stuff for a long period of time and then move on versus, you know, you're getting a little bit from here, here and here, and it's just distraction and you never really kind of take the information in. Would you agree with that? I couldn't agree more. As you're talking, I'm thinking through my path. Mm-hmm. And that was, I listened to everyone, right? I had an array of people that I listened to, and then I just connected with one of the voices. Because if you honestly look at like Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, Dr. Joe Vitale, they all have relatively the same thing they're trying to help you accomplish. Mm -hmm. They just have different perspectives and different stories. And I happen to just connect with Bob Proctor's story of him being a person that was always in trouble as a young kid. And they never told him that he was going to be able to be anything. And then he goes and becomes a firefighter to figure out that he hated that as well. And so it just, that story connected to me. Then I was like, okay, I understand where he currently was and now he has this massively successful business. What are some things that I can learn from him and pull from him through stages? So when I first got into this, I didn't have any money. I just want everyone to notice, I had no money. 
when I eventually invested in, because Bob Proctor, they have a like certified coaches. When I invested in the first certified coach, it was like $1,000. And it was the hardest $1,000 for me to pay. Me and my wife, we talked it over. I mean, we're bartenders. Like We went through, we talked it, we tried to figure out where the money was going to come from. How are we going to pull it? What are we going to skimp on? But that moment in which I made that payment, I was committed to that like 15-week or 12-week program. It was like, I don't know, like 20% of what I made in a month. And that was a lot at that time. So I was extremely committed to that process. And that's honestly what has led me a lot to the way in which I think now when I look at my coaches each and every year is really about consistently looking at, all right, how much can I invest that's going to keep me up at night? So it's not like, what's the least amount I can invest? It's how much can I invest in a way in which I'm not going to drown, but I know damn well that I am going to think about it every single day. And then also it's what's the priority or the needle mover for that year and who has done really well at that needle mover or that priority and who's at least three to five to 10 years ahead of me. And that's where I'm going to invest. And I'm going to go a foot wide and a mile deep right there. Okay. This is awesome. And we're going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Whenever you and I talk, it seems to go that way. By the way, for the listeners, I just want to recognize that this young man here got me started in real estate. He was my first coach, my really, my truly, my first hired coach. So he was the one who helped me, taught me the real estate business, the creative financing business. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Surreal moment three years later where I'm interviewing him on the W2 Prison Break show. So it's pretty awesome. He's the one who got me started and I was able to quit my job that I have been trying to for years. So thank you. I'm saying that publicly here, but yeah, I didn't do anything. I showed you the way you did it all. Here's the important thing about coaching too. I'm going to ask you how you find your coaches because I think a lot of people get stuck trying to find out there. Like, who do I hire, right? A lot of us want to have coaching. We need it. We need mentoring. We just don't really know where to start. And you have a lot of coaches. You still use them. So I want you to give some direction to the listeners on that. But I remember, because you said a couple of things. It was like, hey, I had invested this money, right? And I was committed to for the result because I knew what I wanted. But you guys helped me with that. and. You know, I listen, I surrendered. I think that's a big problem too. Maybe you can expand on that a little bit is I had a hard time surrendering to the fact that I didn't know it all and that I did need help. And I'm like, okay, I'm checking my ego at the door. Whatever my mentors and coaches are going to say, I'm going to just do it. I'm going to listen to and put my head down and I'm going to take the advice because I'm here for a reason. The reason is I'm not happy where I am right now. I want something different and I want to get around people who can help me get there. So You've had so many coaches. I've had a bunch of coaches. How do we find the right coach? Like, What's some tips, some advice that you would give? Yeah. And I want to just hit on one thing because I think it's important what you just said, which was like surrendering to the actual process. I'll be honest with you. It's hard to do it as you elevate as well. And I'm saying this because it's like once you start reaching further, like, all right, now I reached the quote, unquote CEO status. It's hard then go find somebody and then trust that person that they're going to be able to bring you to the next level. It's like as you advance, it almost becomes it's harder and you become more skeptical from once you make the decision. But once you make the decision, because you've now had prior experience with coaching and prior experience to know that, hey, when I did surrender, I elevated, I moved. And this kind of ties in with how to find your coaches. It's, again, harder. Like everyone thinks the hardest coach to buy into is the first one. It actually gets harder as you know more. Because you now need to ensure, because you know how precious that time is and those resources are, 
mm-hmm. to ensure that that is the right coach person community that's going to move me forward. It gets harder. But once you're in it, the surrender process is easier because you're like, hey, I commit. Now I got to be all in. I got to be back to where I got to act like I know nothing and allow them to pour into me. Let me talk about how I vet my coaches. I'm a big fan of priorities over goals. And the reason why I say that is because like goals tend to be long-term or long plays. And it's not that I don't write down goals. I constantly do. But the commitment to a priority in a short period of time is what moves the needle. And what I mean by that is, so if you have a goal and it's a year away, and then you break it down to what's the next thing I need to do in the next 90 to 120 days, the commitment to that priority is greater to the end result than it is the commitment to the goal. Because you need to move yourself from where you currently are to where you want to be. We always overestimate how much we can do in a year, but underestimate what we can do in many years. So your goal that you set, that's like three years away, my guarantee is that is going to change or or increase. I mean, you're going to either supersede it or that may evolve slightly because of what you learned in the next 90 to 120 days at a time. That priority is the most important thing when I look at this. So based now upon a priority in which I create, which is like, what's the next step I need to make? that then sets a clear path to help me reach the long-term goal. Once I have that decision made, now I look at who is the one that can move me in the next three to six months? Who's the one that can move me in the next three to six months? Once I have that clear understanding, and I know that that is the through line, meaning like if I accomplish this priority, everything else changes, everything else elevates with it. And that's the hardest part when we're looking at goals. We tend to be unspecific or not specific enough in order to actually understand of what's going to move the needle. It's like, I want to lose weight. I want to make more money. Okay. But what's the thing that helps you make more money? Is it a very specific thing you do in your business? Is it a very specific habit that you create now? Is it a different perspective or a different way of thinking? Find the through line. Then once you know that through line, now I start looking for who's the master in that. And I don't just go and call one person and sign up. No, it's interesting when I talk with my leadership team, I say, all right, so we're developing a plan. Who's like the three to five people that you want to interview that could be the person? Then I go through a very specific interview process, but it does start with some things like we would all normally do, which is like, did you hear a podcast? Did you read a book? It was just like the Bob Proctor example I gave at the beginning, which was I looked at everyone. I started listening a little bit and then I was like, who caught my eye? Who did I get excited about listening to or reading. I'll tell you, at that time, I wasn't excited about reading Tony Robbins stuff. And it's not that Tony Robbins isn't great. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. But just the way he was communicating, I wasn't ready for it. That wasn't mine. But I locked on the Bob. So that's what I did. I then locked on to somebody after I did some initial diving deep on some free material. So free material or books. So it's like 25 bucks. Then from there, I then would break it down to who are the three to five people I want to interview or three to five companies. After I interview each and every one of those, I then go back and review and say, hey, are they the actual one? Hit the priority. Once I can draw that through line from them to the priority, that's when I'll go ahead and make that investment. Wow. I love it. I wrote down here while you were talking, I said, this is what investing looks like. Like if you're going to invest in something and spend your dollars on something that's not you, you would do all this. Like you would do due diligence. You wouldn't just throw money at, well, that guy sounds pretty good. Let me give him 25 grand, you know? And I think a lot of people skip this step. So I love the priorities, you know, over goals. 
Do you have maybe a quick example? Because I think a ton of people get stuck doing this, Zach, is to you have the goal. What do I need to do? What are the action items in the 90 to 120 days? Do you have a like top of mind example that you could break down for context? Sure. So we can even do some basics. Right now, one of my priorities, so I have four priorities right now. One has to do with business, one has to do with investing, and then one has to do with relationships and one has to do with health. Those are the four priorities I agreed to for this year. So then I broke it down. So I said, all right, I looked at my life and I said, if I could do really well at those four things this year, a lot of things would happen. Like my financials would increase or my wealth would increase. My happiness would increase. Mm -hmm. My health would increase. I just looked at what are the, and this wasn't just me. I've listened to a bunch of podcasts, read a bunch of books, and this is where I kind of just developed of this was the connection formula for me. So I looked at what are the things that are actually going to move the needle for my entire life. And it broke down to those four things. So if we took like my health goals, one of my health goals is to lose another 5% of body fat so I can get back down until when I was like in my early 20s, which would be like 18 to 15% body fat. That's the goal. But the priority is to increase my health so that way I have more energy. But an end goal or an end result could be I'm going to decrease body fat. So then I looked at what are the steps that I would need to take consistently in order to reach that priority. So I looked at and I said, all right, I need to book every single 90 days. I need to book my natural path. So I need to be, I need to have, I need to go up uh, to New Hampshire, go visit my natural path, get my examinations done. So that way I could then determine what were my energy levels were, how I was feeling. Because at the end of the day, when I look at my life, if my energy is crashing, I make bad decisions. Because that's when I crave sugar or, you know, I want to go drink or whatever that may be. When the energy levels crash and my adrenal glands are not producing enough adrenaline, that is when my body is looking for alternative sources of ways to feel good. So that's a step in my priority. It's like mm-hmm. book, quarterly visits. The next one was, all right, so I have another doctor. His name's Dr. G. He's amazing. He does my full body scan. So I'm like, all right, so book every 30 to 60 days, just go get a body scan so I have clarity about where I currently am when I'm reaching my decrease in body fat. So it's just consistent. And these are major things. And at the beginning of the year, one was to get my blood work done. So I knew where my baseline was. So none of this have you heard that said, I need to eat 2,500 calories. No, it's all of these things are setting myself up to be successful because I understand where my current body is. And then another one of my steps was, and now we're breaking it down to like a daily activity, which was after seeking outside counsel based upon my sleep schedule and my age, that a feeding window best for me was 10 to 6. So 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Based on that counsel. So now a simple habit that I want to create for that priority would then be just eating window from 10 to 6. And I know if I hit that, and I limit the amount of sugar intake, and I consistently eat healthy, at least six out of seven days out of the week on schedule, then I know I'm going to reach that 5% body fat. But I'm also, most importantly, going to sustain, create sustained energy, which that energy level will lead to better relationships. Those better relationships will lead to better investments, and those better investments will lead to better business. Awesome. Perfect like tactical strategy. And you can apply that all the other, I know you have all the other areas, health, wealth, fitness, uh, health and relationships and wealth. And I know that you have people helping you in each of those areas. So you have multiple coaches, you have multiple people helping you achieve all those priorities and goals. Right. Let me have one other thing, because I think this is important. And that is 
I'll tie it all back together. There is a time for strategy and a time for action or implementation. And based upon all the studies that I've done and the mentors that I've had, it is very hard to do both at the same time. It's very hard to be strategic and take action or implement. When we're creating these priorities or really outlining what the next 12 months are going to be and how we're going to reach our goals through these priorities, there is a portion, like the development that I just went through on the four main things, that takes weeks. It's reflection. It typically happens right after Christmas or it starts at the beginning of December, but I start to finalize things between Christmas and New Year's. And that's because I have some downtime. So there's a reflection period to say, all right, Zach, what did you do well last year? What do you want to accomplish this year? What didn't go so well last year? Because a lot of these things in which I'm talking about here today are simply things in which I made mistakes on earlier years and realized, all right, there's going to be a better way, a better process. So the strategy time frame, which happened for a couple weeks during December leading up to January, then set course for the implementation which is then outlined on what I need to accomplish for the next 90 days, then for six months and then 12 months. So then there's no more thinking. We've already thought about it. Now it's about implementation on a week-to-week basis, day-to-day basis. I want to include that because there's always going to be a piece of that. So when we get through our initial priority of, say, 120 days of this year, there needs to be a reflection period to ensure that you're still moving in the right direction in the new information that you have now been able to generate over the last 120 days is still leading you to the result in which you want. That's what really leads me back to, that's why priorities in my mind are more important than goals because those goals can change when you get new information. That's why we tend to all evolve in our thinking as we grow each and every year and as we get new perspective. Because I bet you your goals, Brian, these goals that you have now are completely different than the goals you had in your 30s and your 20s. But when you're going on a fast growth a projection, which is my guess for you as well, I mean, how much you've grown the last three years, every six months, I bet you the way in which you view goals has completely changed or where you see yourself has changed or the capacity in which you could potentially have has changed. That's why constantly having those reflection periods then they'll bring all that new information together to now look and say, am I still in the right place? Do I still have the right end goals? Do I still have the right priorities? And then make those adjustments as needed. None of this is written in stone. This is about living day to day and consistently trying to improve yourself to the highest degree. Yeah, absolutely. And since you brought it up, I mean, I spent most of my life just having the goal, right? I was the, hey, I want 5% body fat or less body fat, but I didn't do everything that you just described. I didn't have the strategy. I didn't have the priority. I didn't take the reflection time. And I certainly didn't develop any type of accountability or have coaches and people help me and have daily action items that would get me towards that goal. So that's really the power of coaching and being around the right people, which is kind of a segue into where I would like to go next, which is the importance of being around the right people, being in the right room. I want to get to your businesses, Zach. You own multiple businesses. You're CEO of Wicked Smart. We've got a tremendous event coming up. And this group, this mastermind, this community has absolutely changed my life. It's changed the lives of so many others. And let's talk about Wicked Smart and what's coming up in real estate. Because you know, I know that we could probably spend the next hour talking about that, but let's get to that for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that, Brian. What's important is we covered a lot of the stuff because what you're talking about are results upon or end results 
or lag measures from the things that we just talked about for the last 20 minutes, which Mm -hmm. is like focusing on personal improvement. And then of course, if you're running a business or you're eventually going to run a business on now incremental improvement on your business, because the interesting part is all of the things that I just talked about were actually learned because of the day-to-day of trying to build a business. And I see a lot of the things I just talked about with strategic sprints and priorities were originally implemented into a business because that's how we learn them. It's like, this is how you run a business. And then I was like, okay, how about I put that into my personal life and see how that works? And then that just happened to fit for me as well. So that's why I love business. It's an entrepreneurship and real estate. It forces you to develop as fast as possible if you want to continue to improve your life consistently. It's a forced mechanism because it's constantly right there in front of you. And you're like, I need to improve to become a better investor. I need to improve to become a better leader. I need to improve because I need to have better wealth management or make better real estate investments. Constantly forces you. And you know if you're lagging because your results are lagging. That's when you need to pour back in. You bring up an enormous point. And that is like the conversations that we have, Brian, don't happen in most places. So if these are the types of conversations you want to have, then you need to put yourself in the rooms with people that have these conversations. Like in our community, if you want to leave and break out of your W-2 job, then you need to be surrounded with people that either number one, have broken out of their job, or number two, are planning and implementing the plan in order to break out of their W-2 job. If you want to have more wealth in your life, you need to be surrounded with people that have more wealth. If you want to make great real estate investments, you need to be surrounded with people that are constantly doing real estate deals. I didn't realize this literally until maybe the past, or maybe I realized it, but I didn't fully implement it until maybe like 24 months ago. Meaning I was constantly seeking new rooms. And this is still one of my number one priorities every single day, specifically for our business, but also for me personally. And that is, how do I get into rooms where there are smarter, more wealthier, happier people so that way I can consistently get that rub, that pass along information So that way I can constantly elevate. That's exactly what we did. When we had a conversation, this was about eight years ago, Chris, myself, and Nick, my partners, and they happened to be my in-laws, we had a conversation. We were doing real estate deals and we had this small little coaching business. I wasn't really even involved in it at the time. And it was like three or four people. And we said, do you want to pour a little more energy in it? We said, hey, that'd be fun. Why don't we just do so that I just kind of started helping with the seller side because that's where I specialized. And then my brother-in-law started helping with the buyer's side. And then we started to build this little business. And then it started to get bigger. And we went to ourselves and we said, hey, do we want to do real estate deals here locally in New England? Or do we want to create a massive difference? Originally, all we thought was, how do we do more real estate deals to affect more people's lives? Because when we do a creative financing deal, our lives get affected as the investors, the buyer and the seller. So it's three people every single time you do a real estate deal. We thought to ourselves, how do we affect three people at a higher degree? And we said, all right, we just got to look for people to lock arms with to do deals with. And then the byproduct of that, though, which is not what we expected. We're just coaching at the time. The byproduct was we ended up creating a community of people that supports each other, elevates each other, brings each other along, continuously pull each other up. We've created friends, lifelong friends real estate. And then of course, at the end of the day, we all came together because we were trying to do real estate deals. And that's what Wicked Smart Community ended up just developing into. And it's just this massive movement or community of people that have bought into a business model that then has affected so many more people's lives and has grown to a degree that we didn't expect. 
And really all we're doing is we're just trying to create the better room for the next people. So then what do Chris and myself do? And we then go ahead and when I get into a room that elevates all of us, I bring some of those key people to our people and say, hey, I found this amazing person. Here's what they specialize in. Here's where they're going. Here's how they can help you elevate. And we bring them into a mastermind or we bring them to a VIP dinner that we have during one of our events. And that way you can start rubbing elbows and surrounding people with yourself. So your reach starts to grow as well. So maybe I hit on a little bit more. No, than, that's uh, great. You mentioned an event. We have one coming up, which we're going to talk about here in a bit. But I love what you said about creating a movement in the community. I was in the wrong room for most of my life. I wasn't in a room. I wasn't yeah. even in a room. I was in a room of people who thought that, you know, a steady paycheck and health benefits and, you know, security and retirement was the way it was supposed to be. That's where I lived, right? And I was at the top of that room. And that's why I stayed in the same place. Once I got in a different room, it's like, oh, wait, everybody here wants something different. They want to grow. They want to leave their jobs. They want something different for their families. And there's nobody in here talking about you can or this doesn't work. Nobody. And I tell this story a lot when it came time to leave my job because of the help and support of this community. I was trying to quit my job for a couple of decades. I'd aid my business seven years before I actually started it. Nine months after I get into the right room, I'm able to quit my job. And I remember telling people about it when I was ready to do it. I was still a little iffy, you know, still a little frightened. And one of my longtime friends says, Hey, man, that, that real estate thing, that sounds risky. And that's when I knew that I was making the right move because that was me. I would have said the same thing to the younger version of Brian. So it's super important to be around the right people and to be in the right room. So thanks for sharing that, Zach. It's perspective and belief. That's what it is. Because there's the saying like, your money is the same as the five people around you. And really your habits are really, the five people around you are developing the habits, which create your result of your wealth. It's when we get into a different room. And that's why I'm constantly striving to get into a different room as well, because where I'm currently in right now is not where I want to be in 12 months. Where I am in 12 months, I don't want to be there for much longer. I want to be gone to the next version. And I know that may sound a bit crazy, but that's why those rooms are so important. When I say rooms, it's like uh, mastermind groups or friendships and getting on the pot. Like these things are extremely important for all of us to elevate. It's because when you have a conversation with somebody that is so much further along than you and has a different perspective and a different self-belief, especially when they reached a crazy goal that or a goal that seems crazy to you. Like for Brian, it's like if you're talking to Brian and Brian left his job and you're trying to leave your job, you're like, wow, how does this guy do this thing? (laughs) How does he do it? As soon as you're around Brian, you're like, oh, I totally get it. It was more scientific than it was anything else. It was like, I developed a plan. I came up with what benchmarks I need to hit. As soon as I hit those benchmarks, I made the decision and I moved to the next elevation. Because if you plan on getting involved in creative financing in this business, and you want to go full-time, there is going to be a decision that you're going to need to make. And the decision needs to happen because you are purely based on the financials. There's going to be a point in time where you are losing money because you're holding on to your job because of the Mm -hmm. opportunity costs that you have available to you or that you're losing because you're not actively doing real estate deals consistently. The next room surrounding, like if you're listening to this and you're trying to lose your job, figure out a way to hang out with Brian. Figure out a way to hang out with Brian. Like prime example, come to our event which is in March 29th, 30th, and 31st in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. I know we didn't spend a ton of time on creative financing, but if you're following Brian on enough of his social, you'll know exactly what type of creative financing is and what we do. 
But it's about coming there, surrounding yourself with the right people, locking arms with people that are consistently doing creative financing, real estate deals, and are building a business and reaching higher goals. And once you're in those types of rooms, the way you evolve when you leave there is going to help you elevate to your next goals and to build that self-confidence so that way you can make a dramatic life change is what my guess is why you're listening to a W2 prison break is because you're trying to make a dramatic change. 100%. And I can't wait for the event. I'm actually going to be in Rhode Island next week for the chairman's club. And when I came into the community, Zach, COVID had just hit like four months after I started. All of the events were virtual, right? So this last September was the first live event that I had been to with the entire community. And it was such a tremendous difference. I mean, it was one of the most impactful events that I've ever been to just because of the support the community, the people I was introduced to, David Nurse, Peter Taunton, I had met them before, but not in person. So you really can't put, these are the types of things that can be life-changing. I mean, nobody said to me, hey, this isn't something I don't think I could do. It was like, hey, man, this is something we can do. Like, I can get behind this and I want to leave my job. Everyone has the same goal, right? If you want to be in real estate, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not coming to this event. I know we're a little biased, but that's just the way I feel based on all the other events that I've been to and this last one that was live in Rhode Island. Yeah. And if you're at the beginning of your journey right now, we're not naive that we're not the only people. We think that we have the best system model and support Mm -hmm. that eliminates as much uncertainty as you possibly could in real estate. And that we have the experience, over 50 years of experience in real estate investing and have done a large amount of real estate deals. We believe we've shown so much success that we are the number one people. But If you are in the process right now, then listen to our podcast, listen to Brian's podcast, listen to others out there that are doing creative financing. And then once you connect, then go a foot wide and a mile deep, invest in yourself a little bit more, invest in reading a book. So once you go from a podcast, then invest to read a book, then invest on getting on a phone call and having a conversation with us or invest in coming to an event for three days before you make the next decision, then invest in yourself. When we say coaching, this is what the discrepancy is. Coaching isn't about, especially in our space or what we do for support. It has little to do with like, hey, I'm going to show up to a phone call and it's going to give me advice. This is about showing you a very specific pathway, locking arms with you. So that way you can pull your experience forward, pull money forward. Like, So if you are going to make $100,000 in 24 months by doing it on your own, what ends if we could show you how to pull that forward to six months? Now, would that be worth the investment? Because that's really what this is. This is about pulling everything forward, pulling the experiences forward, pulling the financials forward so that way you can make a faster shift in your life. Oh, by the way, we have the proof of concept, the community and the coaching to then help you eliminate as much uncertainty as possible. So that way you are consistently confident in making the decisions you're going to make and then build a business and then eventually a lifestyle from Yeah, I love it. Speed, mistakes, and fear. That's really when you're investing in the right coach and community, that's what you're getting. Surface level, you're getting so much more than that. All right. So where do we go, Zach, to learn about the event, to learn about creative financing? What's the best spot? Wiggasmartsummit.com would get you a direct ticket to come to the event. I would encourage you to not just get a general admissions ticket. General admissions is going to get you into the event for Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, but it's not going to give you all the additional VIP experience. And it's not a massive upgrade for the amount of what I'm saying, dollar amount. It's not a massive more money in order to get you into the 
bigger, better rooms, including the last day, which is Friday, which is a VIP experience, which is where we cut the room down in half, basically, or to a third. And we dive even deeper into metrics, business, have special guests, include all of our vendors, surround you with the tools. So when you leave the event, you can go take action. It's like one of those resets, our reflection points that you come learn, reflect, put things into action. And then if you lock arms with us, now it's about us hitting the ground running with you because that's what 90% of business is. It's about getting after it. So that's what we'll do as soon as you head out. So wickedsmartsummit.com. Wickedsmartsummit.com. And you get to meet me and you get to be in Newport. I mean, come on, one of the most beautiful places on earth in March. So that's reason enough. I have a question for you, Zach, and I think I know the answer, but I'm really interested to hear your answer. You're constantly looking to be in different rooms because as you said, you get to the point where you're at the top of the room, right? You're the smartest guy in the room. You're looking to be the dumbest for lack of a better phrase. Does that make you uncomfortable to be in a different room where you're at the, where you're at the bottom, if you will? Always. It's a giant ego check consistently. One of my coaches that I had, we outlined like what I would like my life to look like in the next like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, hey, Zach, I hope you're comfortable being uncomfortable because basically every single six months, you're going to have to evolve into somebody different. And I want to say this. You don't have to have that path. When we talk about development, it's about improving every day. But it's not that you need to improve massive amount. Like there's some that are listening to this. Your goals are going to be, hey, I want, I want to leave my job. I want to create a nice, healthy income. Because what my priority is, is to travel the world, or my priority is to spend more time with family, or my priority is X, Y, or Z. I happen to be in my early 30s. My priority is to build the businesses as big as possible and to elevate myself in as many rooms as possible for the next 10 years. Like That's my priority when it comes to that. So know that that doesn't have to be you. What's most important is we want to help you get to your goals as quickly as possible so that way you can live the lifestyle that you want consistently. Let me say this too as well. If you've watched the recent Amazon Prime show, Coach Prime, which is about Deion Sanders, it's amazing. It's awesome. I encourage you to do it. He talks about this thing called dominate and elevate. And this has been a lesson that I've learned consistently, which is like, I always try to elevate before I dominate. When I say get into new rooms, this is what it's about. It's about going into a room, getting as much value from it as possible and delivering as much value as possible. So that way you can eventually, I want to say dominate the room, but you can get to a point where you have elevated through that room to a certain point where you know it's time to move to the next room. Then you elevate to the next room. Hey, and guess what? When it comes to life, there tends to be three ways that you're constantly looking at things, right? It's you're trying to get pulled up by the people from above you. You're trying to pull up people from the people behind you. And you're trying to communicate and collaborate with the people that are on the same level as you. So as you're doing it those three different ways, you're going to build some massive relationships because I can tell you that moving through these different rooms or getting into these different rooms, working with these different people, these connections open up. I've made some amazing friends that I know are going to be friends for life. And I'll tell you that those were not the same people that I was talking to 10 years ago. You will then elevate because once you create those friendships, now you're having different conversations from a personal level that's consistently elevating you as well. Awesome. I love that. And thanks for being vulnerable and sharing. I think a lot of people are afraid to step into a room. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of fear. And that was me. I remember that three years ago, I was like, man, I don't like this feeling, but I'm going to work hard to make sure that I add value to the group. And at some point to to the top of the group, you always need to get into a different room 
I'm kind of at that point now, right? But I love that share, Zach. I really do. And I just want to encourage people out there who are thinking about getting uncomfortable is that it's never as bad as we make it out in our heads. I can tell you that. It never is. You're the man, dude. Anything you want to leave with a final thought or I didn't ask any? I know you always have something. So drop another bomb on us before we wrap up today. No pressure. And you haven't made any elevator jokes yet. I know. I didn't say them because I said elevate like 10 times in this. If you guys can tell me how many times I said elevate in this show, we'll get you a free book. I'm looking forward to doing a lot with you as we both continue to grow. It's been an absolute pleasure. I encourage anybody that's listening to this to absolutely connect with Brian. He's an amazing individual and an amazing business owner now, real estate investor, and clearly leader here on the content. Some things that I consistently think through in my head are, because you mentioned it's never as bad as it sounds, or it's never as bad as we think it's going to be. I try to play this little trick sometimes. And I look at things and I say, all right, well, what is the absolute worst case scenario when I make this decision? And can I live with that decision? Can I live with that decision? If I can live with that decision, meaning like the worst thing that could ever happen. So say, you know, I go and I want to invest in this real estate deal. And the worst thing that could happen is I'm going to lose $100,000. Okay. Can I live with that decision? And then I say to myself, well, what's the best case scenario? Because at the end of the day, what's going to happen is it's going to tend to fall somewhere between the worst case and the best case scenario. And what that then does is that allows you to capitalize on opportunities. So if you're never okay with the worst case scenario, then don't do make the decision. At the end of the day, my guess though is you're going to lose on a lot of opportunities. But if you're okay with it, then that's okay too. I just wanted to hit on that because at the end of the day, guys and ladies, we're put here to grow and expand. That's my 32 years of experience. We're here to grow and expand. That's the important part. So if you're not growing, you're dying, because I bet you if you really reflect the years in which you were able to grow and elevate and hit your goals, even if you didn't hit your goals, but you just had growth, you were happier. The years in which you stayed stagnant, you were probably frustrated and not as happy. So at a bare minimum, you could just leave with this thought, and that is just constantly look for incremental growth. And at worst case scenario, it's going to make you happy. Awesome. Awesome insight. I have nothing to add, Zach. Thanks for your constant support. Everyone, make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the W2 Prison Break Show. Don't forget, you can watch all full episodes on our YouTube channel. Definitely check that out and please subscribe. Go to www.w2prisonbreak.com to learn more. If you like this show, please leave us a rating and review so we can continue to support you and the thousands of others planning their W-2 prison break. Here's to busting you out.